Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Yo, 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 what's up, what's up, what's good, everybody? We are here live, and this is the July 5th, 2020 episode of the Boxing Source Radio Show. I am your host, James Bell, lead boxing analyst for the cohort Truth on Sports and the leader of the Boxing Source on social media. You could catch us uh, on Facebook by following the Boxing Source. You can also follow us on Instagram at the Boxing Source, through Twitter at Boxing Source, too, and follow the YouTube channel through the Boxing Source. Number to dial in is 347-237-5539. That's 347-237-5539. Press one key to get on cue. You'll be able to talk live on the show. I got my, uh, you know, guest over here, uh, Greg Hackett. That's uh, here with me live uh, over at uh, Fight Firm. And I uh, wanted to bring in our special guest. Uh, it seems like they are all ready to go. Uh, this is from the 202 area code checking in. Yes, sir. All right, all right. And uh, this is uh, Brother Bernard. Yeah, chicken in. Yeah, uh, you hear us? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, hey, y'all. Okay, so we got that. And then, um, you know, 443's on uh, here with us as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's me. That's this Kevin, this 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 Kevin Womack, the scarecrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's going on? What's going oh, on? Peace, peace to all the brothers out there. How y'all feeling? Oh, you all good? You know, I had to take this to my office, man. I, I saw this, man. You feel me? But but I'm gonna let y'all go in. You know, just go ahead and get it started, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna listen in. Yeah, got you. No doubt. No doubt. You know, um, yeah, so, um, you know, 202, just, uh, you know, give us a, you know, brief uh, thing about, you know, what you got going on uh, over in the Washington, D.C. area, and then we'll get it cracking from there. Oh, this black man, the referee, man, um, you know, I'm I'm very proud of Janelle Hackett, man, came a long way in the amateur career, and um, I'm his biggest fan, man. Oh, true that, true that. So yeah, so you you know you called in pretty much at the start of this joint. So we we you know we got them scheduled in for eight. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna you know call to confirm. Uh, pretty much about like you know 15 minutes from now. Um, and then he'll you know jump on at eight. We'll be you know going through a few things uh with them on there. But you know meantime, like I said, you know I'm over here at Fight Firm over in the Philadelphia area with my man uh, Greg Hackett. So man, uh, so yeah, we we could like you know rap a little bit about what's going on. So what's been good, Greg? I mean, we you know everybody trying to just make it through this uh, COVID nineteen situation. Everybody trying to stay focused. You know, what I mean, it's not the easiest thing, but it's being done. Uh, my squad been in the gym. Uh, we've been working through it. 
And, you know, that's that's about it. We just looking forward to these dates coming. Yeah, yeah, because I know that, you know, you had, like, um, you know, a few people around the Philadelphia area that have been in uh, some of these boxing events that have taken place. Oh, over, Greg uh, has it. Oh, yeah. My bad, my bad. Yeah, what's up, Greg? You know that's my bad. <laughs> what's up, Bernard? No, nah, it's Womack, nigga. Oh, that's Womack. What's up, Womack? My bad. All right, my bad. I didn't mean to interrupt you, bro. Go ahead. <laughs> nah, you good. Yeah, yeah, it's all good, man. It's all good. Yeah, um, yo, we you know, kind of like talked about, you know, at length about what's you know, going on here at Vice Firm and, you know, how you're able to, you know, still do, you know, what you can do, even in these circumstances. And, you know, people are still and, you know, coming to do work. Right. I mean, right. I mean we, we look at it like this. If we, if we sit back and we, uh, we sit in the house and not do nothing, then we ain't going to be getting to work. It ain't going to be no progress. So, you know what I mean? We we looked at it like, listen, I told my guys, I said, listen, I know that it's a chance of guys getting sick and stuff like that, but at the same time, it's a chance that we we will fall fall off completely. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When our timing and things like that. So, I said, we need to be in the gym. So, I, like I said again the other day, you know what I mean? Thank God that we have a, a private gym and, and we can open. And, you know what I mean? We, even when we wasn't supposed to be open, we was open because, I mean, we got to get this work done, so. Yeah, exactly, man. I mean, you, you can't, you know, just, you know, even with the situation that's going on, you never know when action is going to, you know, pick up for, you know, any other fighters. So right. they still got to stay focused and right. uh, what they need to do out there. Um, I'm going to see if I can add, um, you know, one uh, caller in a 267 area code. Uh, what's going on uh, right now? You're on the Boston Source Radio Show. What's good, Joe? Jamil Parker representing YSM Sports Media. <laughs> what's Yo, up, man? Yo, what up, man? <laughs> what's good, man? What's the topic? Yo, no, nah, we just uh been in here for, you know, first thirty minutes, um, and I was talking with uh Greg over here, you know, how how things are going on uh, here at the gym. Uh because, you know, even with um the situation that's out there with the COVID nineteen thing. Like we we have an action right now. I mean, top ranked has had you know a good amount of cards over the past few weeks, and you know we've seen a few you know fighters from this area you know be in action, and you know I think another one is uh, going to be coming up soon. So you know you got to get you know these guys ready because you never know when that call is going to be made. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I had a question for Greg Hackett. All right. All right, um, Greg. I feel like you're like maybe the most underrated trainer on in the area, definitely like the East Coast. Um, why do you why do you think that people overlook you? Uh, honestly, I don't think is that people overlook me. I think it's when you when you really think about boxing and you think about starting from the amateur ranks. I never was a big amateur, and then I made my name as a pro fighting some of the guys who best in the world um so a lot of times it's just i don't know this guy i don't know him personally and i don't know his work now as a coach i've been doing some good things and you know i mean i I don't look at it like i need to be rewarded or somebody needs to give me some type of acknowledgement i think what it is is it's just my age i'm 33 years old i'm i'm the same age as some of your world-class fighters out here right now so I've been I've been coaching for eight years, you know what I mean? But that's, it's not really a long time, but it's long enough for a guy that's only 33. So 
You know what I mean? I um I just look at it like, you know, my time is coming. I I, I say within the next two years, twenty one, twenty two, I I have my breakout my breakout years. Well, let me let me let me chime in on that too because <clears throat> I got an opinion. Hey, can I chime in on that too? Yeah, 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 right. Right, uh, right there. Oh, you had a rebuttal right there after your question? No, yes, you're good. Anyway, look, anyway, look, Greg, look. I think people still seeing you as a fighter, you know what I mean? Because if you really want to step back and put things in perspective, you know what I mean, what, what do you think? You got somewhere around, like, uh, if you wanted to continue in the sport of boxing, maybe you could p- participate in the sport for maybe another seven or eight years because that's – I'm 31, and I'm feeling like I got seven or eight more years in the sport if I wanted to dedicate this half of my life to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> so people still see you as a fighter. If they would, yeah, if they've been in the game in the last 10 years, it's not that they don't know you because they know you. You know, yeah. <clears throat> they just still see you as a fighter, bro. I, I still mean, see you as a fighter. Let me see. When I say they, I mean I. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, so my answer to that is, I realized a long time ago they're not going to call me to fight just anybody. You know what I'm saying? These the guys I fight is at the top of their game, or they even a lot bigger. They're not going to give me. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that like I've been walking around 140 pounds. But let's just say I did get down to 140 pounds, 147 pounds. Are you really going to put your 7 and 0 guy and their kid in there with Greg Hackett? Are you going to do that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they have to sometimes. They, no, they have to sometimes they because they be under the pressure. This is how I get on. They be under the pressure to find people who are willing to fight. So they have to. You know, they have to no, do it. At some point, they have to fight. You write to some you you write to some extent, but they're gonna always make excuses and they're gonna always jump around me. And the only reason I I, I stuck to training the way I did was because I, I realized with training I really don't have the tolerance to play with anybody like I do with fighting. Fighting I look at it a whole different way. You know what I mean? I just look at that as a ride on the bike. I'm having fun. But with training, I don't let my guys move out the way I did. So so I'm a lot more serious, a lot more strategic, a lot more strict, you know what I mean, with my training. So that's why I stick with the training. Because if I really tried to come back and fight and really get down to my, my natural weight, which would be 47, 54, somewhere around there, a lot of these guys would Come on, fight. boy. Come on, boy. I'm around there. Come on. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, I'm just saying, we. I, I don't think these guys will fight. I really don't. Hey, can I say something? I don't fight anybody. Where'd you live with? Hey, can I tell you? Yeah, I'm worried. I need to holler at Shorty. That's what I'm here for. Hey, can I tell you? Hey, can I tell you? Yeah. What's up, Greg, man? It's Black, man. You're cut, man, baby. Hey, Greg, in my eyes, man, you... Hey, Greg, in my eyes, man, you you one of the best fighters, man, I've seen, man, and... um. I got much respect for you, man. You know what I'm saying? For me, even when I first met you, when you fought in D.C., man, um, you always call me back, man. And um, I love you, man. And um, I got much respect for you, man. You know what I'm saying? You, 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 what you call? You, what you call a world warrior, man? Because you ain't scared to fight nobody. Yeah, I appreciate that, Black. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. You know. And that's the thing, you know, that, you know, I was talking with Greg, you know, about um, the other day. I mean, it had like a, you know, extended, um, you know, interview that you know, will be on the YouTube channel, um, you know, sometime later this week. 
you know, you know, when he um, goes through like his, you know, his pro career and everything like that, and how, you know, we pretty much had to, you know, do things almost on the fly when it came to like being called on short notice and things like that. So, you know, he'll be able to, you know, go through all of that, and I'll have all that, you know, on the uh, YouTube channel and whatnot. So, um, be, you know, definitely be on the lookout for that. Uh, you know what I mean? So, um, but. You know, other things, you know, here over at, you know, Fight Firm, you know, I've been over here a couple of times, you know, brother uh, Jamila has been here, you know, pretty much almost, what, every other day or something like that. So, I mean, you know, he knows, you know, the work ethic that people have once they step into this gym. So, you know, kind of like talk about, you know, what it is like stepping into this gym and, you know, being able to work. I mean, Fight Firm is, we, I look at it like we're a gym for the people. You know what I mean? Meaning, you can be a doctor and come in here and work. You can be, you know, a, a nurse or whatever. You come in here and work, a lawyer. But then we also accept guys off of the street, the mean streets of Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, and we allow, you know, kids to come in here and get busy. Um, you know, some of your toughest pros walking around is in here, whether they sparring or they training here. You know what I mean? Um, we just a guy, we just a place where we accept. We we accept work like we we don't come in here talking too much, playing around too much. Just come in here and work, and I mean, and we, and we having fun. We good from there. You know what I mean? Yeah, true that, true that. Um, so you know, with that thing, you know, going down. Um, I mean, like you know, like I said, you know, it, it's it's something when you you know step into the gym and it's like, yeah, I, I know that. Like I I said it earlier. Like once you step in here. Like you, you know you're gonna get you gonna work a sweat. Shoot, you you working a sweat standing here right now. You know, yeah. pretty much uh we on live on uh YouTube and whatnot and you can see that we, we out here we we going through it right now. I mean there ain't no fans but we, we we like we going to work right now, you know what I'm saying? So um, you know, I, I kinda feel like, you know, stepping in here, you know that you're gonna get everything that you need to get uh from this gym. For sure. You know what I'm saying? So um, you know, kind of like, you know, focus on uh, that a little bit, but also, like, kind of going to, you know, some of the, um, like, say, some of the fighters that step into this, you know. I mean, we got we got Paul Crow here, seven and six knockouts as a pro. Um, Jabril Noble, uh, amateur thirteen. I mean, eleven two pro. I mean, amateur. Um, we got uh, Tyree Carroll. Uh, yeah, Tyree. Oh, and one. He has a draw, has draw at 160 pounds, but very talented fighter. Yeah. Um, I mean, we got honestly, it's hard right now. You're thinking on the fly, but we got a bunch of guys in here, man. There's always good work coming through here. And re- as of recently, uh, this last month, Rasheem Jackson brought his whole squad down here, so they've been they've been training here too. You know what I mean? True that. True that. Hey, uh, Jamil, you got um, you know, something additional to you know add. As far as like you know, being or coming through uh, here at Fight Firm, they yo they sparring sessions, man. It's it's, it's real similar like to like uh, the doghouse for Floyd. Like it, Jr. If you if you're not doing anything, you gotta catch a Fight Firm sparring session, man. And you can tell that it's a lot of young kids that just love the sport and. Mm-hmm. From time to time, you get fighters that are, you know, pampered. You can tell they're doing it just to make money or they're doing it just because they just so happen to be good at it. But the fighters that come down there, man, they want the smoke. 
So I see how you know that is uh, you know carrying on and whatnot like that, and you won't. So yeah, look. Yeah, I mean this. Yeah. It's just a, it's a it's a tough place, and I mean the city, mm-hmm. the city alone is a tough city. I mean, and we you know we got to do what we got to do, but like I said, that was part of the reason for us staying open during COVID because I needed these guys in the gym because if not, they was gonna run to the street. You know what I mean? And we don't need that. Now, don't you, you got a fight coming up this week, right? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually leaving tomorrow to be out to Vegas with uh, Lucifer Ortiz. And Rasheem Jefferson is his head coach, and he'll be fighting on a top-ranked card uh, next Thursday at, hundred, I believe, 130 pounds. Hey, Greg, you need uh, me, Greg? Yeah, I can hear. Yeah, you all in? Huh? I I can hear you. You talking to me, Greg? Yeah. Hey, Greg, you said you fighting or somebody else you know fighting? Nah, we got a kid named Yosef Ortiz, 130 pounder. He's fighting. Okay. Hey, Greg, I'm very proud of you, man. Seriously, man. Real talk. Appreciate man. you, Black. Yeah, Black man. Been in my corner a bunch of times. He was there when I fought. Hey, Greg, and, and one thing I love. Oh, okay. Hey, I'm, I'm I'm from DC, so I've been at all the fights. Everybody, all the boxers know me. You know what I'm saying? Um, I just like boxing because I like I like the sport and I like being around the game of boxing. You know, and yeah. now I remember when I first met I remember when I first met Greg. He fought he fought at the convention center in DC, and every time he come to DC, he called me. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's my man. Yeah. Hey, I got, yeah, hey, Greg, I got to learn how to wrap hands, though. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, I had uh, two more calls uh, here oh. for a minute. Uh, 443 area code. Uh, I don't have no mask. I don't want no right. time, man. If, if you come here, let me know. If I'm here, let me know, all right? Thanks, bro. Because I get fine for right. that. Yeah, I think they're probably listening in on uh, Audible. So, yeah, within about, like, 12 minutes or so, we're going to have, uh, you know, Judo hacking on. Um, you know, he's going to have his uh, you know, father trainer, Bernard Hackett, on as well. And you know, we'll have um, you know, a few more people joining in with him uh, here within about 12 minutes or so. Um, for those um, that are, like, you know, listening through, um, you know, YouTube, you can call in 347-237-5539. Um, uh, yeah, like you were saying, um, with the, uh, you know, fights that are coming up, uh, they're from the top rank. Or whatnot. It's like you know they had that opportunity now because being top rank is the only promotional company that's on uh, fight cards on TV uh, yeah. here in the, here in America. So it's like you know you some people like really get the shot. This is like um, you know how the zone usually has their you know fights. They usually show every fight, but with top rank usually you didn't get that. You only got like two. Jamil asked me uh, about about a couple months ago 
what did I think this would mean for boxing? I, and, and I mean, I told him, I said, I think it would slow a lot of things up, but at the same time, uh, it would give a lot of exposure to guys who wasn't even scheduled to be on TV. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think it's actually perfect. And I mean, even, even though that sounds crazy yeah, w- without it being crowds and stuff like that, but, but it's perfect because you got guys on a smaller scale who you may never heard of get called in as a as an opponent on the B side mm-hmm. and put on a show. You know right. what I mean? Win, lose, draw, mm-hmm. they'll be back again. Because, mm-hmm. you know, usually with, with stuff like that, you're, you're not able to, you know, hear about them unless either one, they kind of like bring it up in some highlights or in between, uh, you know, televised uh, fight card, or if, you know, like a whole bunch of people that, you know, attend the fight say, oh, man, I, I know what happened, you know, in the main card, but, yo, on the card, you know, they had this dude show out, man. I need to look out for them. You know what I'm saying? But this time here with the uh, top rank doing the thing like they're doing, they're able to showcase, you know, every every uh, single fighter that's on there, yeah. you, know, you know, no matter what. Um, so you know that's like kind of like. Kids fight. What's that? I like wa- I like watching the kids fight because it not only does it seem like they they want it more, but it, it gives you like a window into the future. Remember this, huh? What? Did you... What? Why did you answer that? Uh, Bring it out. I think I left no. it. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you, it was a couple of talented know. prospects. Like, uh, what's the kid name that that was whooping uh, Joshua Greer's ass? Uh, Mike. Mike Lanier. Yeah, yeah, man. Woo! I never heard of him a day in my life, but I, I became yeah. a fan after that night. That's true. That's true. But then um, you had the thing with that Maloney lost, where uh, <laughs> Andrew Maloney lost that fight, man. <laughs> oh, he was yeah. not ready for that kid, yo. Oh, man. Maloney is the brother, twin brother. Yeah, right? the twin brothers, they Andrew yeah. and Jason. They both Andrew. lost, right? No, Andrew lost, and then Jason won oh, all okay. on Thursday. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, yo, but Andrew, man, he got knocked down in the 11th round because, you know, he was just getting out work. Yeah, he just was not ready for that. Um, but, you know, that's the type of thing that, you know, we kind of like seeing uh, some of these cars where, you know, you might see like somebody like a, you know, 3 and 4 and like Jerry Big Baby Anderson. You know, had his first fight, um, and then they're bringing him on again. So you're, you're able to see like more of guys like him. You know, that's three and zero, four and zero, that could you know impress a few people that may not have you know seen him in his first couple of fights or some of the amateurs or you know something like with uh, Robesy Ramirez. You know, he was able to have his you know that first fight where he was able to get a first round knockout, and you know, recently he has that rematch. Um, it gets a, you know, decision win. So um, that's the kind of thing that, you know, we kind of like see here with the cards uh, here on top ranking. You know, hopefully, you know, other uh, promotional companies are able to work something out like that to where, you know, they can have uh, more of the, you know, other fighters being able to be featured on television, not just the, you know, the top or the mid-card guys, but, you know, some of the ones that are just starting out. Yeah, sure. True. So, oh. so that's um. Now, you know, mainly, I got. Yeah. Yeah, I got. I got a question for Greg. Right. Okay. How does now um all those fighters aren't signed to top rank, and now they're giving out three shows a week, so it doesn't seem like they have a deep enough stable to um to supply the uh, the need for original sports content that ESPN um would want. How does a 
how does a fighter or I'm sorry, how does a promoter or manager get their fighter on a top rank card? I mean, it's a simple match. So usually on a fight card, you have about eight slots, eight, nine, maybe ten slots, sometimes longer, uh, depending on the, uh, the magnitude of the card. Um, so, so being that they're not able to fill the card, you know, if you are outside promoter or outside manager, all you do is call over and, hey, hey, how much it costs to buy a slot? I have a kid. I think he's TV worthy. Um, I would like to showcase him. And they give you a price, and if you if you agree with the price, then so on and so forth. You go ahead and pay for the for the bout, and there you go. Okay, now the, the kid that you have is he with Top Rank or is he with another promoter? Nah, he's with um. Well, he's not my kid, but he's with Rashid Jefferson. But I'm coming in as a second, but, but he's signed to develop entertainment. Okay, now Rasheen Jefferson, that's the one that coaches Tevin Farmer? Yes, sir. He's one of Tevin Farmer's coaches, yeah. Okay. I mean, you have those uh, things there where you, you know, kind of like are, like you said, like, you know, either the trainer or the chief second. So I guess with uh, this coming up, you don't be your uh, chief second for uh, that particular fight. So, kind of like gives you an experience of how they kind of like conduct things over there right. in Vegas and everything like that. Because right. um, you know, usually they have like a uh, you know one or two week testing protocol, and after they go through that, then you know they just go you know forward with the fight. Yeah. You know, so I mean, that, you know, fairly interesting to you know see that happening there. Um, you said that's like within two weeks. What the fight? Yeah. Next week. Next, next Thursday. Next Thursday. Yeah, so, yeah. Like Thursday, man. so yep. So y'all be on the lookout. We're we're going to you know go go through those uh, fight cards uh, pretty much on the uh, podcast next week. You know, as we you know review those that um, those fights that are on that particular schedule uh, through chop. But you know uh, later on on the line we'll see if we'll touch um you know on a couple of the fights that are uh, scheduled to happen uh, this week uh, through chop rank because. You know that's going to be uh, something there where um, we're going to be, uh, you know, kind of like reviewing or actually uh, previewing uh, those fights uh, that are there. I mean, I know that I did uh, bring up, you know, one um, main event that's coming up, and that's you know the thing with um, uh, Carlos Sackham, uh There, you know, he's going to be uh, replacing uh, Jarrell Miller uh, there, and uh, he's going to have uh, his fight pretty much his first fight on the top rank, mm-hmm. you know, and he's going up against, you know, someone that I kind of like, you know, say pretty much like has a curse of some sort because any time, you know, people are scheduled to fight him, it's usually something, you know, ends up happening. So, you know, hopefully it doesn't, you know, happen uh, this time around because, you know, that's kind of, you know, that would kind of like make him like a uh, like a man cover curse or something like that, you know what I mean? Right. That's like... <laughs> <laughs> like it's like you 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 end up uh, scheduled to fight this guy and then that happens and then you got this thing here with uh you know uh, Jarrell Miller and then that you know jump, jump, jumps off so you know Jerry Forrest man like yo it's like <laughs> if this thing happens like it's gonna be like oh man and, and you you sign the guys uh, there like a Carlos Sackham or a Jarrell Miller um you know like. 
um, a Tony Yoker, you know, that's you know that's on the roster right now. Um, and this is how you kind of like stream them to be part of your uh, top ranked fight cards. So, but the thing with Bell Miller is like he and already went through a you know brief suspension after the situation with the Anthony Joshua fight. And now this thing happens where he, you know, basically uh, gets tested positive, and you know that's a, you know, real crazy situation right there uh, that you know he has to go through once again. But you know, if he's not able to, you know, kind of like appeal uh, what was going on there, then he is pretty much a wrap for him. Yeah, for sure. You know, but like you know, like something like that when you know, somebody gets caught with a, uh, you know, like some no. performance enhancing. I mean, we. I mean, you look at a guy like Jerome Miller; it's entertaining, but it makes us wonder how did he get here? Because he early on in his career he had a draw with James Wade, but then he get these bigger guys who blowing him out the water. So it's like, hold on, man, maybe he did take a turn, a U turn, go ahead and get him some some meds, and he started messing around. But it's bad for the sport because you putting a bad stink on American fighters, and then you putting a bad stink on yourself. Where you I mean you got to cheat to compete at the higher level. Yeah. Now, the, the reason I'm not being so hard on them is because this isn't the first time we've heard of this. Right. And I mean, so we're not gonna act like it hasn't been great fighters who who've been caught. The thing is, getting caught back to back is that's the scary part. Yeah. Now, I'm either I'm either thinking, you know, he's buying some over the counter meds that's not working, mm-hmm. or either he's been cheating. You know what I mean? So I mean, he needs to have a real sit down with himself. And you know what I mean, really figure this out. Now, from outside looking in, being myself, watching Big Baby Miller, to me, he's kind of lazy and he needs a boost. Mm-hmm. So that, that whatever it is he's taking for that boost, that's what's popping him hot. Yeah, and and you know, like you said, the thing with uh, Joey Derisco, man, it's like he you know, was able to you know have the draw with Joey Derisco and be at one particular condition, and then you know the next thing you just see him. Walking through fighters, walking through fighters like Joe Washington, Joe Washington, but you know he just keeps punching, keeps punching, keeps punching, yeah. going up, yeah, just walking, it's keeps the punching. Output you know? that got, it's, the output is making me look like whoa. Yeah. Like, no more heavy, yeah. no more heavyweight throw the amount of punches that Jarrell Miller throws. That's true. You know, unless if you're you're a guy that well, not not someone of his station, because I mean you have active guys like a. Um, you know, Adam Kalnaki that throws a lot of punches, but he has the arms to do that because he's, you know, he's able to be fluid with it. But some of his yeah. whittler size is, is kind of different. And the difference is with, uh, with Kalnaki, we, we watch Kalnaki come up in the amateurs. He fought the same way. Okay. Now you have Big Baby Miller. Hello. Three hundred. Hello. You know? Yes. Yes. Uh, so, uh, brother, this is brother Bernard. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. Thanks uh, for coming on here to the Boxing Source Radio Show. So we got, you know, uh, Brother Bernard Hackett, who is a father and trainer of Mr. Jalil Major Hackett uh, over in the Washington, D.C. area. So uh, very thankful for y'all to come on uh, to this particular show. Uh, how y'all doing this evening? Oh, we're doing good. It's myself, Jalil, and uh, our advisor from Mayweather Promotions, uh, Dirk Kirk. All right, so uh, Derek Curry is on uh, here with us, too? Yeah, we're all together. All right, cool, cool, cool. 
So, you know, just wanted to, you know, get into it uh, here, you know, with uh, Jalil Major Hackett, you know, young, uh, you know, young sensation, um, you know, fighter that's, you know, been uh, very notable, you know, over the past couple years or so. Um, so, you know, kind of like go into what he's been uh, doing up to this particular point up, you know, up to, you know, currently. Uh, we've been training, been training, getting ready. Uh, for a pro debut, waiting on uh, that phone call of when they were going to have him debut, uh, staying consistent. Uh, thanks to having Dirk with us, who does a lot of the uh, contacts with media and things of that nature. We've had a great media presence, and uh, we're just trying to stay prepared. Yeah, guys, guys like, you know, in this particular you know, situation, uh, with the whole thing with COVID-19, it's like you, you might have, you know, difficulties of going into the gym or, you know, getting different gyms. So it's like you have to have a, another, you know, regimen, you know, for uh, training with, uh, you know, uh, Jamil, uh, Jalil Hackett there. So, um, like, kind of like going to that, like, you know, training, either like training at home or, you know, doing things outside instead of like being in the gym if that if that happens. Well, yeah, we've been training at home for uh, a little while now since the COVID. Uh, we pretty much have everything we need. We got treadmills, mm-hmm. bikes, uh, pull-up bar, things like that. We have weight. Uh, we have a backyard big enough where we can train. The weather has been conducive for us to get it done. And if we are missing anything, uh, I give a uh, shout-out to Derek, and uh, he makes sure we get whatever we're missing. Yeah, you know, being in the, you know, in Washington, D.C. itself for the D.C. area, I know, like, currently right now or over the past week, it's been, you know, as I would say, stupid hot. So, you know, if you want to, you know, get a little good sweat out there, then, yeah, you can step outside and, you know, do little things, and you'll definitely get what you need from, you know, being outside there for a little bit. But, um, you know, kind of like going to um, uh, Jalil's um, beginnings, uh, there in the amateur ranks? Uh, Jalil started out actually playing football. That was my focus for him, you know, to play football and go to college the traditional route. I was training uh, at the time Maurice Byron, a uh, former heavyweight prospect, and my son would go to the gym with me, and uh, he enjoyed being at the gym. Uh, he always picked up some gloves and punch on the bag. Uh, we used to also go over to uh, – Gary Russell Jr.'s gym with him and his family, been very close to them over the years, and he was able to learn a lot of things just being around the gym and also uh, Coach Herb Martin. And uh, he told me that he wanted to box instead of play football. Uh, I tried everything to deter him from that, but at the end of the day, he said, I want to be a boxer. I don't want to play football anymore. And when he mm-hmm. made that decision, all our attention turned towards that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's something to have a transition there from, you know, football to boxing. Um, you know, me actually being, um, you know, while I'm, like, currently in uh, the Washington, D.C. area, I, like, you know, came up through, like, high school ranks over in uh, Tallahassee, Florida. And, you know, a few of the, um, you know, classmates that I was with, like, they used to play football, but, you know, they ended up going into boxing. Um, you know, and, you know, someone like a Travis Walker that was a heavyweight contender, uh, there you also had, like, Tavares Cloud that was a world champion uh, from the Tallahassee area. So that kind of adjustment is, you know, something. Uh, but, you know, as long as you're, you know, you stay focused on it and you know what you need to do, you know, to be successful, then, 
you could, you know, translate from being a you know great athlete in the football field to being a great boxer, you know, in the ring. Yeah, true. You know, so, you know, that's kind of like, um, you know, part of the thing there. So I, I wanted to see if, um, you know, Derek Curry's on there with us. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like, brother uh, Derek, how is it, you know, working with um, Jaleel Major Hackett and, you know, getting him out there as far as, like, PR and trying to work things up so, you know, when he does, you know, have a pro debut that he'll be, you know, out there and people will know, you know, more people will know who he is. Yeah, it, it, it's been great, actually. It's, it's been pretty smooth. I mean, no real bumps. I mean, you know, the, the COVID virus, of course, you know, kind of kind of set us back on, on, on dates of, you know, his debut. But overall, it's been pretty smooth. I mean, you know, you got a good kid, good upbringing, good background. You know, you ain't got to babysit. You ain't got to tell them to go work out. You ain't got to tell them to, you know, stay out of trouble or anything. So, I mean, it, it, it's been it's been real easy and smooth with you, Lil. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha that. And, and, you know, you, you're able to, you know, kind of like, you know, push him out, and you know, with him uh, being you know, affiliated with uh, the money team, you know, that kind of like you know adds a little bit more uh, to it. But you know, kind of like going to how, how you were able to link up with uh, Jaleel uh, Hackett. Um, actually, one one of my best friends um, is friends with Bernard, and so he reached out to me and basically told me that uh, his friend that he had had a son that could box, a young guy, and so uh, and wanted to reach out to me. And so at that time, I was doing a lot of things, moving around, and so I said, okay, well, I, you know, I'll reach out to him. And then my friend hit me back again, and uh, he's like, man, did, did, did y'all connect yet? I said, nah, but, I, if, you know, I got, it, I got it on my to-do list. And he had actually, after that, he talked to Bernard, and he hung right up and called me. And said, man, give him a call right now if you can. So I called Bernard, made him talk, hit it off, you know, off the break, and uh, set up a time for me to come see Jaleel in the gym. And went to the gym, saw Jaleel spy and work out. And, I mean, I was impressed. But, you know, my thing was, okay, let me wait till he get out, get out of the ring and sit down and talk to him and see, you know, see where his head is. And I mean, right. I, I was even I was even more impressed with with you know his level of intelligence, uh, mannerism, you know everything for for a kid his age to have a maturity level, and you know that that won me over more than the skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, it was you know I, I went and saw him spy a couple more times, and you know uh, I went back and told Leonard and Floyd, I said, man. We might we might have some here, and um, after that it was pretty much you know once Leonard and Floyd seen him, it was, that was it was a wrap. So they were like, yeah, they were like put them on, <laughs> like when yeah. they were on, they were yeah. like, them on, on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I told him, man, you know we 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 got some good here, you know, uh, and and I mean both of them, you know they they they. They take my advice, you know. They they trust my judgment. So, right since then, it's pretty much been 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 a go. Um, like I said, you know, with the COVID virus, it kind of 
Buck Dow, you know, the signing and, and the debut uh, because right. we, we were trying to do, debut them in actually June and July. Um, but, you know, um, we're not in a major rush. It, it's going to happen. Hopefully this year. Uh, we're looking right now, maybe September, October, if the pandemic uh, kind of curves completely down. Uh, if not, then we'll we'll look for the beginning of you know 2021, um, and, and just kind of go from there. But we don't want to, you know. I, I talked to Leonard and Floyd, and we don't want to just put them on a little, you know. It's his debut, so you know we don't want right. to just put them on any little part. We don't want to, you know. My thing is, I don't want him fighting his debut fight without an audience, you know. Um, yeah. If we don't have to. So, you know, I mean, we, we, we patient. Jaleel working out every day, you know. Uh, he went and sparred uh, the other day for the first time since he was in tank training camp for a uh, tank fight last December. So, you know, he mm. got got a little rust out, got to, got to get hit, got hit. You know, I mean, got to hit something, and, you know, um, we just keep moving. Yeah, true that. I actually I was gonna uh, go into that a little bit with uh, Coach Bernard because um, I think you know y'all were over in um, you know outside of, uh, I think it was like outside of DC or something like that. Um, so trying to uh, see like y'all y'all had like a little sparring session going down um, you know somewhere. It's not like you know pretty much in the DC area, but like how how was that for uh, Brother Jalil? Um, it was good. He 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 had been worrying me to death about getting some spawn in. He said he needed he needed to get hit and needed to hit something. And uh you know, he 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 called and worried me. Well he worried me at home. Then he called Dirk and worried him. Then he called Leonard and worried him. Leonard, Leonard was like we gonna get we gonna get we gonna get some spawn, man, but hold up. To the point where Leonard called me and said we gotta find him a fight. <laughs> no, he just wanna spawn. He just wanna hit something. So uh, Coach Calvin, who uh, trains Javante Davis, he reached out to me yeah. and said, hey, man, we're going up to Philly uh, to get some sparring. You know, let me uh, throw Jaleel on there. And he had got him some sparring up in Philly. And, uh, yeah, he, he was he it was like a, a newborn baby smiling when he got, he got to get in there and work. So he was happy with that. Yeah, yeah, because uh... – you know, up to a certain point, you, you know, we'll get a little bit antsy and be like, oh, man, yo, I got to hit something. I'm like, come on, I can't, you know, just be outside just doing training every day. I want to get in the ring. It's, you know, it's almost like, um, you know, like how, you know, a football player would be like, you know, practicing, doing, you know, practicing plays a little bit, you know. But unless if you do like a scrimmage or you got full pass on, you know, you're not really getting the full, you know, full experience out of that. Yeah, true. True that. So he was able to get that, that 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 fullness of it by being able to get sparring in, and like I said, we're dealing with the whole uh, Mayweather Promotions team. Derek goes with us out of town when we got a spa, so he was there. So it, it takes some of the stress off Jaleel. If something ain't right, then Derek steps in and say, "Hey, we done with that," and it's not. Well, we gonna ask Jaleel. This is <laughs> I'm his employer, so if I'm his employer, you know, hey, I'm telling you, we're not doing it. So. You know that 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 really helps a lot uh, with making sure everything stays on track for Jaleel. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Now I do, you know, have a question for Jaleel. You know, being 
you know, there in the D.C. area with, the, you know, such a history you know, in the sport of boxing and the notable fighters that are, you know, out there in the D.C. area right now. Like, you know, how is it to, you know, kind of like be part of that? Um, and once you, you know, have your professional debut that you'll be, you know, following uh, those uh, fighters' footsteps. Um, it, it feels great, man. You know, definitely since I'm signing with a big promotion company like Mayweather Promotions, it feels real good with all the all the hopes and dreams. You know, they starting to they starting to all come together because, you know, as a as a younger fighter, you know, coming up in the amateurs, it's all you know, you fighting, you you hoping you get into a situation with a big promotion company. And now that I'm actually here, this this is really big for me, for me, my family, for everybody who's helped me with this journey. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, uh, trying to see here if I got, you know, a caller in here. Um, you know, 202 area code, you on out there with us? Uh, yes. Yeah, my caller. Oh, I thought you said 202. Yeah, yeah, 202-883. Yeah, we're seeing if, uh, you know, uh, they're on there uh, with us. But, um, you know, going back to, you know, Brother uh, Jalil there, like, you know, you do have that, you know, you did have that experience recently over in the Philadelphia area, but, you know, going back to, like, D.C., like I was saying, uh, we, you know, with all the talented fighters there and everything like that, and, you know, you have the notable gyms and, 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 and that type of thing, like, have you, like, do you, like, have, like, one particular experience that you had that, you know, kind of, like, stuck with you? Um. One specific particular experience that has really stuck with me was my very first time traveling out of the country. Honestly, before like all other than like all the training, all the anything, the most specific experience was my first time traveling out of the country because I, I was I was real nervous at first, and then I, I was told by another fighter, you know, no matter where you are, boxing is always going to be the same. So. You just go out there and fight and do your thing, and you, you're going to be fine. And I went to that tournament, and I won the tournament. And, yeah, the this, this yeah, the rest of it is just history. Yep, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, uh, let me see if I could uh, add in a caller in here. I think from the 646 area code, um, I'm not sure what his title is at this particular point. Because uh, it's, it's, it's been an up and down relationship with uh, uh, a certain fighter that he was the president of the fan club for, but uh, he's on uh, with us here anyway. Six four six, what's going on? Yeah, what's going on, Jay? How you doing, man? Who, who, who you got on today? This is uh, you know we have a little major Hackett on here with us, you know, with uh, uh, his uh, father and trainer, uh, Coach Bernard Hackett, and. You know, he has his advisor uh, with us, you know, here from TMT, uh, Derek Kirk. Oh, we know we 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 uh, rocking with TMT. They enemies of the bomb squad. Um, I have to know, Mister Hacker, are you guys uh, fans of the group? Uh, no. I thought you said I thought you said you dropped your title as president. No, 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 no. Listen, the whole twerking thing. Listen, that that. Hey. Who hasn't been caught twerking before? You know, it, it happens to the best of us. Hey, listen, man. He he was just testing he was just testing out his arm. 
you know. Oh man, um, but uh, yeah, G, uh, you know, have a uh, question for uh, Coach Bernard or uh, Jaleel Mitchell here. Yeah, uh, well, I don't know if you asked it already, but what have you, what do you guys have been doing to like stay in shape uh, during this pandemic? Because you got a lot of fighters. Uh, mainly this guy from the UK, Billy Joe Saunders, who's saying that he's not going to be ready for a fight that's 10 weeks away. So I'm trying to figure out what is it fighters are doing to, to stay in shape to make sure that when your number is called that you're ready for action. Um, uh, we've um, Since the pandemic started, we've been doing a whole lot of conditioning, and um, we've been doing it from home, of course. We've been doing a whole lot of conditioning as far as, like, cardio and weights, you know, to keep keep the lungs nice and big. And plus, we, we keep in contact with our promotion company, and that's what I do like about Mayweather Promotions. They always make sure they keep in contact as far as me as a fighter and me as a person. So when it's time to fight, we are both on the same page. Okay. Do you have any particular opponents that you're looking at uh, when you do get back from the pandemic? Uh, right now, right now, we just, you know, as soon as the pandemic over, we're going to debut him uh, more than likely. He'll probably debut here in D.C. Uh, we got an MGM uh, casino and hotel and uh, ballroom here. So he'll probably debut here. Um you know, with the pandemic, you just don't know what direction it's going to go, whether it's, we're mm-hmm. going to have an audience coming out, you know, initially. I mean, for its debut, we would rather have an audience there for its debut. Um, if that doesn't happen and we, we got to do what we got to do, of course, we just can't, you know, hold them back. Um, but right now, you know, just get them, get his debut, get his feet wet, and then, you know, after that, you know, we're going to line them up. Now, are you guys you know, looking to go the slow build route, or you looking to like? Cause I know he's like the youngest ever to turn professional in the U.S. I believe. So it's like, yeah. are you guys looking to like make that kind of Wilfredo uh, Benitez history, or are you guys looking to a uh, slow build? No, we. I mean, honestly, with him, we, I mean, we gonna put him in the best situation. For him to win and become a world champion, and, and if it if that means that we're gonna put him in with the best, then we'll do it. If not, you know, we we'll take our time. Uh, oh, that's that's all I really got, Jr. That's just, yeah. Now, you know, going into that, you know, there like he's gonna have his you know pro debut and things like that. So. You know, after that, you know, it just depends on, you know, the progression you know, of, uh, you know, majors uh, there. So, you kind of, like, see, like, where he could be at, you know, within a year or two years from now. Um, but right. where, do you, where do you, like, kind of, like, expect him to compete at by the time um, he's, like, I would say four years into it? I mean, honestly, four years into it, you know, uh, I mean, I look for him, honestly, to definitely be a world champion, no, no doubt about it. Um, actually, in four years, he, he may he may have a belt in two, in two weight classes. Yeah. Yeah. 
What yeah, um, weight classes yeah, he, are you are you looking at? Um, right now, we may debut them at one forty or one forty-seven. If we Ooh. start them off at one forty, then he can go down. He can drop down to one forty-seven. I mean, to one forty after a couple of fights, and 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 stay at one forty until you know we're ready to move him up to one forty-seven because he's so young and it, you know it's. His body's still developing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still growing. His height's still growing. Um, so he he has you know still a couple of years to even develop, you know, uh, physically. But he's already ahead of most fighters his age as far as physical ability. Mm. And so, yeah, being there, like, you know, around that 140 or 147 range, I mean, you already know that, you know, 147 is one of the glamorous divisions in boxing right now. And, you know, you okay. have 140, you know, where there was been, you know, you, you've had, like, great champions come through at, you know, at 140 over the past few years. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter from, you know, Danny Garcia, Terrence Crawford, or, you know, uh, Lamont Peterson, you know, from the D.C. Right. area. Right. That, that's kind of like, yep. you know, a good place to, you know, have a uh, major um, there uh, starting off his uh, pro career. But, you know, like I said, he could be bouncing, you know, up and down between, you know, 147 and 140 until, you know, like you said, he grows and then see how his body, you know, adjusts, you know, with that growth. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that, I mean, 140 and 147 right now, are the, are the hottest divisions. I mean, you know, make no mistake about it. I mean, if if, if that's 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 where the action at, and the money. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, uh, major like you, you, you know, kind of like being you know out and about as far as like um, you know training and and through uh, fighting uh, through the amateur ranks uh, before you uh, start off as a pro, but uh, who would you say that you you know look up to you know up to this particular point? In boxing. Um, growing up, um, I always watched a lot of the older fighters. Like when I first got into boxing, I watched like the older fighters, like Ray Leonard, Roy Jones, fighters like that. But as far as this era, uh, a fighter that I've looked up to the most, and I'm not saying it because I'm with Mayweather promotions or anything, is Mayweather. Is Floyd Mayweather himself? As far as the overall fighter. Not not just the inside the ring. We're talking outside the ring, how he handles media, everything. Because um, Floyd, he, he's found a way to not only make money as a fighter, but make money as a businessman and entrepreneur as well. So that's a fighter I've really looked up to in in the boxing world. Yeah, because, you know, very important, you know, in a sport where, you know, you're able to, you know, do your thing inside the ring, but outside the ring is very important as well. You know, so you know, kind of having you know, someone like Floyd Mayweather Jr. that look up to, you know, that's pretty much the standard uh, right now as far as like being able to direct your career, you know, to a path that you know protects you, you know, uh, in every step. You know what I mean? So, um, so pretty much was uh, you know, kind of had like. Uh, Another question uh, there, as far as like, you know, like I said, uh, being in D.C., you know, um, kind of like, what would you, you know, like to do as far as like being the representative of the D.C. area in boxing? 
Um, I would like to I would like to make the the area more. I would like to expand as far as what the area does. A lot of the guys from our area, they they get to a point where they can do something big as far as. And I'm not talking about just boxing. I'm talking about anything. We got guys who sell clothes here. We got businessmen here. But they get to the point where they can be big, and they they settle for less. Uh, I feel like with me being up there in the higher ranks, I want to make our area known for not only just getting there, but getting there and succeeding. Now, uh, question for, uh, hey, can I chime in? Yeah. Now, uh, question for Derek there. Um, so, you know, with you know, Jaleel Hackett uh, there with, with the uh, money team, and, of course, you know, you have that, you know, the, the moniker uh, there being part of, you know, something associated with Floyd Mayweather Jr., um, like kind of like going to how that brand, you know, has, you know, had the name that it's had, you know, not just with having, you know, Floyd Mayweather himself there, but, you know, working with uh, other people within that organization. If you look at Mayweather promotions over the years before we even dealt with them, uh, they've always tried to be uh, trailblazers. They always wanted to do something that was outside the norm, whether it was being the first to put on a card where, both fighters made more than $40 million. He's done that several times with him and Cotto, him and Pacquiao. Uh, or whether it was how do how do you build the next situation. The Mayweather Promotion Group, along with Derek Curry, they've actually, to me, and I've asked around to a lot of people, they've actually treated my son more of the way that you see being done in the music industry years ago. They've become like an A&R to him. Uh, whether it was how you speak when you're with the media, how you dress when you're training, how you dress when you're going to be out seen. They've been really meticulous with every little thing so that the direction for success is not a hopeful, but it's a destined journey. Um, That doesn't happen. You know, my son was offered opportunities with some very good other promotion companies that we actually turned down. Uh, my son told me that he wanted to be with somebody who was promoting that looked like him and knew what he was going through. So That's each time we had an offer, yeah, each time we had an offer, I would sit down with my son and talk to him about it because he's becoming a young man. And I would let him make the final decision. He always said, you know, I appreciate anything that comes, but that's not for me. And when we had this opportunity with uh, the money team, Mayweather Promotions, my son said, I feel like I'm with people who understand me, not just as a fighter, but as a a, a young African-American man. That was what I was looking for from him. That's the maturity level that I wanted to see him with because at the end of the day, when he signs a contract, he's the one that has to live up to it. So when he got the Mayweather situation uh, presented itself, after he got a chance to meet Floyd, have dinner with Leonard, uh, have Derek make it where he can be at the different fights, he said, this is where I want to be. No matter how long it takes to get it done, this is where I want to be. And that that part about them resembling him, that was the biggest thing to him. He wanted to have a promoter 
who knew what it was like to be black, not to be a boxer. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. And, and you know, the thing there with uh, Leonard Ellaby, it was kind of like being, you know, having uh, ties to the D.C. area himself. You know, that's, you know, kind of like an added thing there, you know, on top of that, because he, he, you know, kind of knows the D.C. scene and, you know, what it means to be in uh, Washington, D.C., you know, you know, over the years. Like, it's, you know, been, I'm like, for me, it's, it's kind of like been a definite transition, uh, you know, from the, the 60s, 70s, and, you know, me being there in the 90s to now, it's, it's like completely different than what it was in the 90s. But, you know, you still have that, you know, little experience, of, you know, being black in the D.C. area, you know what I mean? So uh, that's, you know, something that, you know, you know I would say that uh, Will shares with us. Um, you know, like a board Mayweather or Leonard Ellaby. So that kind of like says, okay, you know, this is this is basically where I want to be. So, you know, I guess I just made that decision uh, because of that. Yes, yes, that's what it was. Yeah, true, that's true. Um, I'm trying to see if I could uh, add in um, another caller in from uh, the 202 area code. I don't know if he's like been on hold or if he, he's been listening in. And wanted to ask a question there. Uh, 20283, are you there to ask a question? It might still be be busy or something like that or listening in. Um, But kind of like uh, seeing as, um, you know, we had like about a good amount of time here, about 30 minutes. So, um, you know, I would say like we pretty much – Got everything needed uh, here, but you know, I would say that I'm definitely you know gonna keep tabs with y'all, and um, you know, once once you know y'all have uh, the uh, pro debut solidified, I'll make sure that I get in contact with y'all to get all the details for me. Yes, definitely. We'll make sure that you get those details for that. Gotcha, gotcha. So, um, I'd like to thank uh, all of y'all for uh, coming in uh, here, you know, uh, Bernard. Uh, Jaleel and Derek uh, for taking the time to be on the Boxing Source radio show. And like I said, you know, definitely uh, we'll be uh, hearing from y'all in the future. Yeah, thank, thanks for having us, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Right, uh, yeah, folks yeah. there. Uh, so that was a you know, great conversation there uh, that we had with uh, you know, Team Jaleel Hackett. He was able to you know, come on and speak a little bit to, you know, what's uh, happening, you know, here in the current scene and whatnot. So, um, you know, very thankful for him to, you know, come on here and uh, speak a little bit. So, uh, that's um, something that we're going to definitely be uh, looking out for here in the future once, you know, action comes back up. Like I said, um, once they, you know, have these uh, the restrictions lifted as far as like having crowds uh, in arenas, then you'll be able to see uh, Jarrell Hackett uh, there in action for his pro debut. He says it would be around 147 to 140 pounds, so uh, that's going to be definitely uh, something to look out for. Um, you know, I would say, you know, this upcoming week, uh, you know, we still have action there in uh, top rank. I know there's one caller on here. It's not really much of a fan at all to see top rank cards. Um, nope. nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I'm good. <laughs> not even, I'm good. not even. 
Harlem's Tackum Jerry Forrest fight? Nope, <laughs> especially not. Especially not. Not nope. Oh. I don't want anything to do with top rank. Uh, so who's gonna be um the villain that they have to sell? Is it gonna be uh, Jerry Forrest or Carlos Tackum? Who, who's the villain that needs to sell since they're both black? <laughs> oh, I don't know. They'll probably run out of things to say, man. Or Mark Kriegel, they might run out of things to yeah. say once that main event comes up or something like that. That's why <laughs> I was really feeling what uh, Jalil's father had to say when he said that he wanted some real representation and not just somebody who boxed. I, I understand that because if you look at the way how top rank disrespected Shakur Stevenson uh, on the air, you you understand that, hey, listen, I know people don't want to say, oh, support our and support, PVC support, but listen, these, these guys are actually trying to sell fighters. They're actually trying to sell the fighters. They're not, well, he's the next Floyd Mayweather. He's the next, no, we're trying to sell these fighters on their own merits, telling you their stories so that you can relate to them. Yeah. And I respect that. I, I respect that a lot. I, I loved when I heard him say that. Now, I wanted to hear that. Don't sign with Oscar. Don't you dare sign with Oscar. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, that definitely would be a problem there. You sign up with Oscar, man. That, you know, that's definitely <laughs> it. Um, but... You know, you, you got all that other news that, you know, we we're talking about during the week as far as, like, the lightweight division. You know, mm-hmm. we had a thing with uh, Javier Fortuna. Uh, yes, Jorge Linares. Uh, of course, we got in September, you know, Rafael Lomachenko versus Teofimo Lopez. And then they ordered that fight, you know, between King Rock and uh, Cool Hand Luke. So, mm-hmm. you know, that lightweight division is, you know, a little bit of action, but... Some people doubt that that Ryan Garcia and Luke Campbell's going to jump off. Man, Garcia's going to take that fight. That's easy work. That's easy work, man. Mm-hmm. But Garcia better take that fight. Yeah, I'd definitely take that fight because I'd be in line for at least a world title one way or another, whether mm-hmm. it's the WBC Diamond title or, you know, the actual you know, world championship. But they say that this particular fight would be the mandatory Title that Devin Haney currently has. So, um, well, as I understand not- it, um, there's going to be two mandatory. So, Fortuna versus Linares is actually going to get the first crack at Devin Haney. And then Devin Haney is going to have to fight another mandatory back to back. This is what Suleiman came out and said today. He said Haney's going to get a voluntary that's going to be announced in the coming days. And then after that, he's going to have to do two back-to-back mandatories. Oh, man. So so, so they're going to have, uh, whatchamacallit, ready for him. Um, like the, uh, what is it? Um, <laughs> Yvonne Mendy. Mm-hmm. They can have Yvonne Mendy ready for him as a voluntary defense. Oh, oh man. My. Listen, Haney said it's a big fight. He came out on social media and said he got a big fight coming up. I hope you don't think Yvonne Mendy is a big fight. <laughs> if they say Yvonne Mendy is that big fight, man, I'm telling you, I'm going to be really laughing like, 
know, laughing uncontrollably if that's the case. You know what I mean? To me, it's either Russell or Buck. Because everybody else is paired off. Now, if you got a guy with Russell who's coming up from another division, I, I could accept that. I could really accept that. But I'm not trying to hear Yvonne Mendy. I don't want to hear George Cambuscos. I don't want to hear Lee Selby. None of that. None of that. Yeah, that, yeah, that can't work. You know, that can't work at all if, if they're going to, you know, try to put you know, try to put Devin Haney in there with one of those guys. That's that would be a, you know, that would be a bad look, uh, definitely. So, yeah, it's got to be somebody, you know, that's either, you know, a top-ranked uh, fighter that's moving up or, you know, someone that he, you know, kind of like is uh, out there um, that's, you know, fairly notable. <laughs> Hopefully yeah. it's not – I don't know if they would give up like, somebody like a, a Richard Comey <laughs> for in the fight. That would be another thing. <laughs> kind of, you know, what they have, you know, going on with that. And, um, you know, the other thing that, you know, they've been, you know, kind of talking about is this, this thing still here with uh, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, man. Um, they're trying to shoot for, what is it, having that fight in December? Because um, they really yeah, want to have I think a crowd. And uh, you said that, you know, they're attempting to try to put it at the Legion Stadium. Yeah, baby, Raider Stadium. That's a good look. That's a I good mean, look, that, man. You know, if they if they're able to pull that off, I mean, you know, that would be you know notable. It'd probably you know be that you know that first fight uh, over in the Legion Stadium. So you know why mm-hmm. not get a fight for you know a heavyweight championship of the world? There, you know what I mean? I can't wait for that. A lot of people. They've been talking spicy about Wilder. I love it. I'm listening to it all. I'm checking it all in. I love it. Keep that spicy talk going. Like Wilder ain't got no chance against Fury. He's coming back, man. He's, the autopsy results showed that he had a dent in his head, okay? And now he's come <laughs> back to life. Everything's all healed. <laughs> Everything's healed, man. The autopsy was right. Now he, he's Lazarus rising from the dead, man. Just watch. That boy Deontay Wilder, man. But did you see um, uh, what's going on with uh, Derevyachenko? Uh, what's the thing with uh, him and Debella? Uh, no. Um, apparently, uh, Derevyachenko has one offer for Jamal Charlo and one offer for Canelo. <laughs> And he's going to make a decision soon about which one he's going to fight. Mm. Mm. I'm kind of I'm sensing that he might lean towards that Canelo joint because, you know, who knows. If when, I'm going to fight Canelo. Yeah. I mean, they would have had that shot earlier, so, and they didn't, mm-hmm. you know, lock down the deal uh, last year. Well, or whatever it was, because, you know, that he was going to fight Kovalev, so. Mm-hmm. Um, so now you might just get that, you know, get that shot. You know what I mean? Yeah, but he's in a good position. Right? He could fight mm-hmm. literally the best of 160 or the cash cow in the whole uh, sport. Mm-hmm. So he's in a good position. He's going to make a lot of money. Shout out to Keith Connolly. True. 
What what'd you think about uh, that situation there, Greg? I mean, Devachenko, like you said, is in great position. Uh, we already know he's, he's durable. We already know he's skilled enough to make it a great fight. Um, but without, to be honest, I just want to see Devachenko win because I felt like with the Triple G fight, he got done raw good. Yeah. That was a great fight. Um, I, I just think, you know, if I was him, he going to make money either way. I would leave Canelo alone because that's a win, it's a lose-lose situation fucking with Canelo because even if he knocked Canelo out, they'll wake him up and make sure he beat the count before they let Devin Chinko beat him. <laughs> oh, so, no, 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 no. So if I was Devin Chinko, I would take the opportunity with Charlo, and that way it would be more money against Canelo. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, But he, like you said, though, he's in a great situation either way. Yeah, I mean, you know, when once you have those type of options, you could, you know, really, you know, work, you know, a few deals and get a little bit more out of it. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, that'd be a good little position there for Sergey Derevianchenko uh, out there. So, I mean, you know, that that's going to be uh, something to watch uh, there in the next uh, few days and things like that to see, you know, what happens with him and, you know, what his announcement's going to be, you know, out there. So, um. Uh, anything out in the rumor report land? Yeah. Um, the WBA had their convention. Yeah. Uh, they announced that Alexander Besputin has officially been stripped of the regular Walter Wade title and that Jordanis Ugas is being ordered to fight for it against Abel Ramos. So it sounds like they're giving who got the title. Um, not necessarily. Ramos is a decent fighter. I mean, he did knock out Peralta, even though that was Jack Reese again, Jr. Mr. Jack <laughs> Reese. Mr. Jack Reese ripped, wa- waving off the fight with zero time left on the clock. Mr. Jack Reese, of course. He had this guy <laughs> trying to do the hokey pokey at the end of the fight and then waved it off because he couldn't shake it all about. So, you know, it is what it is with that, man. But let's see what Ugas does. Um, honestly, I would rather see Ugas go for the Crawford fight, but it doesn't look like Crawford's going to fight anybody. Eddie Hearn just came out and said that the Cal Brook fight is not happening because they can't afford Cal Brook. So who the hell is Terrence Crawford going to fight? I mean, he's going. He's going to fight somebody to, enough to keep him sharp. But we we got to be fair. You know what I mean? Those those uh, the arena money counts too. It's not just the pay per view money and, and the network money. You know what I mean? They want the arena money too. So when they say that about Kell Brook, it's because Kell Brook sells out arenas. He does. He sells out arenas. So you know what I mean? Where? When they come to In a big, we're not gonna we're not gonna get a mega fight until they open everything up. I don't know about that. I don't think we're going to get a mega fight from Crawford regardless. You probably going to see no. Crawford against Luis yeah, Collazo. You can't talk like that you can't, you can't, because you sound like yeah, the rest of the people hate no Crawford. <laughs> Crawford. Crawford is in a situation, he's in a situation just like the rest of these fighters, and we all know business gets done at a table. It doesn't get done in the ring. And we all know it's not these guys' fault. If these guys wanted to fight each other, it would be easy if it was up to them. But it's not up to them. It's up to the big heads. The big wigs. So we we know why these fights are being made. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you uh, see what he did with uh, Teofimo Lopez. Like, Lopez wasn't going to fight unless there was going to be a crowd out there, you know, watching the fight. So, you know, even though he does, did want, you know, Vasily Lomachenko, he's like, yo, if they don't have fans in the, in, in, in the seats, man, then I ain't going to go through with it. So, you know, you got that same situation there with Terrence Crawford on that. Well, Terrence Crawford don't care about the fans. He just care about his pay. He wants his guarantees, which I don't blame him. Because why is it always incumbent upon the fighter to take the loss? Why should the fighter? The fighter is the only one that's getting punched in the face, okay? Bob Arum is not getting punched in the face. Todd DeBuff's not getting punched in the face. Neither is Carl Moretti. So why is it they want the fighter to subsidize these promoters when it's the promoters that have the big network deals. Crawford don't have an exclusive ESPN deal. Top rank does. They're getting the money. But this is the thing, though. We act like we don't know the answer. We know. We know why. The only way, the only way we can change it is for fighters to be their own promoters. But how hard is that? That's that's a hard thing to do. So just like the beginning of the time, huh? Is it a hard thing to do? Because we put it like this. 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 Just think. Just think with me, real quick. I live in Philadelphia. There's 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 over there's over sixty gyms in Philly. Philly is only nine miles across. You get what I'm saying? It's not it's not that big of a city. So, you you mean to tell me we got fights every let's say every week? You gonna buy a fifty dollar ticket every week to go watch a different kid every week? Why can't they pull it together? How? These kids are from the ghetto. These kids are from the ghetto. So that's becoming a bill. That's $200 a month. That's $200 a month. Coming out of a, a household who probably only makes 16 a month. Like, and, and how are they going to go through the, you know, the, the technicalities of, you know, booking the venue? You yeah. know, going through that. Well, when, when, when you promote yourself, you don't have to book the whole venue. You don't have to book the, book the whole venue. You can buy a slot, like I said earlier. But that's hard when these kids don't have any money or they don't have the money back in them. So you're always going to need a source of money. You're going to always need a source of money. And that's why the game is the way it is. It's fighting dogs legally. Fighters are the dogs, and the best thing they can do is try to make it so that they can keep most of their money. But you're never going to go 100%. Not even Mayweather went 100%. Even though he pretends that he's giving everybody game and he's telling this and telling that, he's not telling the beginning story. He's telling the end of the story. He's not telling the beginning where he lost a lot of money, or he was, you know what I mean, bamboozled out of a lot of money. Hey, that's when he was messing with uh, Uncle Bob, you know? But yeah, but that's not just Bob. It's, it's all of them. It's all of them. It ain't just Bob. Trust me, it's not just Bob. You know, I mean, when, you know, once it started out, it's like every, every one of those promoters have control of these, you know, venues. They have control of, you know, working with the – you know, athletic commissions, they have, you know, control and we, of those. And we that, forget about the TV networks. Yeah, the TV networks, you know. Because they're the, the ones putting up the money. You know, TV networks putting up the money. So they want to see who they want to see too. Yeah. Because they know why the ratings go. So why wouldn't any fighter basically follow the PBC model and join with the PBC? How, how, all right, let's be real. How long has the PBC model been alive? Uh, what, since basically, I want to say, actually, it's been alive longer than we give it credit for. Because no, 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 no. Let's be real. No, let's be no, real. No, let's, let's be long, real. 
Let's be real. real. They were following following the model. They were following the model when they were with Golden Boy. Only Oscar didn't know that. You answering you answering your question. You ain't you ain't letting me answer. How long has the PBC model been alive? I would say at least a decade now. At least a decade. We're talking ten years. Crawford has been pro long. Crawford's been pro longer than ten years. Okay, okay. So this, what I'm trying to tell you is what you're speaking on is is a new thing. Everybody is not able and everybody is not aware of that model. So are you it's telling me when easy. Crawford when Crawford re upped with Top Rank recently, he wasn't aware that there was another model out there that's not gonna bro, uh bro, take who's to say? Who's to say? Let's listen. You you know what you're forgetting? You you one of them guys, and I'm not disrespecting you, and I don't want you to disrespect me in return. But you sound like one of those guys who read things and then you repeat what you read. Because what I want you to understand is, in those business deals, it's not what we speak about at this table is not to be spoken to to the world. So how do we know Bob didn't give him offer him more money than PBC did? How do we know that? Here, here here's how we know that. Because oh, no matter, huh? I'm about to tell you, you asked the question, they wait for the answer. No matter what Bob offered him, we still know that his old promoter, Chris Millendorf, is still getting 8% of everything. So he has to pay Bob on top of paying Chris Millendorf. When if yeah. he would have been smart enough to get out of his top-ranked contract, then that contract with Middendorf would be invalid. But because he re-ups with top rank, he owes Middendorf 8% of everything in perpetuity. It all, it all, all right, so, what, so, the, so the part that you're jumping over, right, that you're not being real about, what that means is Middendorf put him in a contract he didn't understand before he got with Bob. So even if he wasn't okay, with Bob, so hold on, hold on, hold on, oh, on, hold on, hold okay. on. Even if he even if he wasn't with Bob, he still would owe the eight percent. No, that's not because true. His, that, that's not that true. That is true. That oh, is not true. The contract. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Bro, listen to me. Did he do the? Did he do the? Listen to me. Mittendorf. I know Chris Mittendorf. I, I have his phone number in my in my fucking phone. Chris Mittendorf. So let's call him. So listen to me. Listen to me. Chris Mittendorf and Top Rank are not one. You just said he signed with Chris Mendor before he signed with Top Rank. You said that, right? Yes. Okay. So that means his business with Chris Mendor is separate than the business he had with Top Rank. No, 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 no. Top Rank uh, bought out the contracts when the original company went out of business. What and company? so Middendorf had a partner. Okay, because you say you know Chris Middendorf, but now you're acting like you don't know. They they had no, a company together. No, it's not like you trying to you trying to be funny. It's not acting. I'm like not you trying don't to know. be funny. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying telling to tell you, you what it is. What I'm trying to tell you is what I'm trying to tell you is Crawford signed a contract with Chris Middendorf that he must have not read over or not had anybody read over, and it it held eight percent of his check no matter where he go, no matter where he go. If if a man had a chance. To go to somewhere better, why wouldn't he go? Why wouldn't he go? But then I'm telling you why he didn't go. Because Bob gave him more money than PBC offered. Now, I'm telling you how he did it. He didn't give it to him on contract. He gave it to him in a briefcase, and then we're going to put this on the contract. You understand? 
That's how that went. Because ain't no way if I if, if I got a better opportunity right across the street, why wouldn't I go over there? <laughs> I could think of a few reasons why you didn't go over there. I got another I got another one for you. So if, if Mayweather really offered Shakur Stevenson two million dollars to sign with him, how come he didn't sign with him? Who's Shakur Stevenson's manager? Yeah, what do that mean? Or who's Shakur Stevenson's manager? It's Jay Prince. Okay. There's your answer. That that don't mean nothing. Oh my God. You're telling you me tell, that the, all you telling me is all you telling me is Dave Prince does he does he does business with top rank. Okay, fine. But if if, if it's a better deal, it's over not the, about people, no no no. That's not what I'm telling you. I'm not telling you about. You I don't care me? about Jay Prince at top rank. What I'm telling you is that Mayweather and Jay Prince have a very checkered history, which we all know about is well documented. So let's not act like they're in a rush to do business together. What I'm together. trying to tell you is, bro, what I'm trying to tell you is, bro, listen to me, bro. There's guys in this business who hate each other. But because of the money, they got to come together. Ain't no way we can't make a deal. I'm telling you the reason. The only reason Crawford went back over there is because Bob gave him the money. Bob gave him the money that he was looking for. Yeah. I he mean, had, but it's, 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 it's kind of like how you have these co-promotional deals now. And remember... Like, we, we know of a, a guy that was, you know, retired that had to go through the whole thing with the contract, and that was Andre Ward. Every fighter does. Pretty much every fighter does. Hey, you, Canelo. Canelo. He's Canelo. I So, like, these guys start off with, with, with one particular promoter, and, and when they start off, it's like, okay, either I'm having my pro debut, or I've had like a few fights that I'm not getting much anymore. Here comes the promoter. He gives me such a deal that's you know significantly more than what I've been making. But if I don't have the knowledge to like be over the contract, because most of these promoters, you, you know this, Matt, they're like lawyers, so they know the legal leads they can put in these contracts. How about, how about this one? How about the promoters who's friends with the lawyers? Let's go through corporate situation because I, I pulled it up for you guys. Middendorf filed suit in 2017, September, after Top Rank stopped paying him the 8% fee that he was owed based on the language in the contract between Top Rank and Middendorf. Middendorf became involved with Crawford when Middendorf worked for TKO Boxing Promotions, and then they signed Crawford in 2010. In 2011, TKO Boxing Promotions was failing. The company negotiated with Top Rank to take over as Crawford's promoter. So the deal is between Top Rank and TKO, under which TKO would be paid 8% fee based upon Crawford's purse for any title defenses going forward. And it says that TKO assigned its rights to Middendorf Sports under a contract drafted by top rank. Okay, the question was why did he re-sign? That was the question. So, you know what? And, that's the real answer, because you're just saying they must have offered more money. But uh, I don't think that's the, really the reason. 
I really don't. That's what you listen, listen. That's what you don't think. But like I'm trying to tell you, bro, boxing is no different from the streets. The only thing is different is this shit is being televised. It's no different from the streets, bro. I promise you that. I'm I'm I'm, I'm down on my toes. I promise. You. Yeah, no different. And I'm telling you, hey, you know, if if we really want to, you know, what I'm saying maybe next week or a couple of weeks from now, we can get men in door for on the podcast in the morning, get the whole thing straight. You know what I'm saying? Well, oh, ain't nothing but a thing if we, you know, we can get that crack a lack. And I got, you know, my guy Greg Hacker here, so he, like I said, he's different with him. So, I mean, ain't no problem with that. So, get him on the podcast. Get that, yeah, we can get that settled up because I know we we can get him. And I know I still need to get Bomek on there for you, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, man. Oh, shoot. And he got the Maryland area code, man. That's, that's like that Montgomery. Uh, hey, hey, yeah, we go. We go get him on. Yo, we I'm go get him. We go get him on. But, uh, yo, with, yo, with that being said, man, um, you know, I, I'm going to close out this uh, particular podcast a bit. Uh, you know, thanks to uh, Jaleel Major Hackett for being on uh, with his father, trainer, Coach Bernard, um, and, you know, uh, his oh, um, you know manager there from uh, TMT. Uh, you know, here, me, I was just doing this thing here live um, over in the Philadelphia PA. Uh, big thanks to Greg Hackett here. Right, firm, Appreciate man. you. I'm saying. Appreciate you. And, uh, yo, it's like I say at the end of every show, folks, the point of boxing is to hit and not get hit, not the stand and trade. On that note, I'm out. Have a good evening, everybody. Bomb squad, baby. <laughs>